Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. And today, folks, I'm so happy to interview our guest. She is a nationally recognized transformational speaker, energy healer, intuitive coach, emotional fitness trainer. Sounds like a person that's right up the alley of intrinsic motivation. And I have to say, in social media, there's all these challenges out there, all these different dances and such. And this guest actually gave me a challenge. She gave me a 10 by 10 challenge. She gave it to David as well. And it's something that we should do all do before we even get out of bed. So is this a new dance before we get out of bed? I'm not sure. I'll let our guest tell us more about that. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Kathleen Lamberton to the podcast. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you so much, Hamza and David. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Yes, thanks for being with us. Yes, thanks Thanks for making it. And I don't know, I, as before we even started recording, I was saying that it felt like I had already known you. I think that we're going to uncover a lot of synergies between the three of us. Mm, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I, I felt like I knew you when, when you reached out to me, so it feels great that we get to officially connect in this lifetime. Absolutely, absolutely. And so was I talking about a dance? Let's already just pull this out, pull the rabbit out of the hat. Before you get out of bed challenge, that sounds really good to people that are ready to get up and at them, but there's some people that can't get out of bed every morning. It's so hard for them to get out of bed. What is a uh, before you get out of bed challenge? What does that entail? Well, this is a perfect challenge for them as well as those who are ready to get up then. Um, the 10 by 10 challenge that before you get out of uh, bed challenge is really a gratitude challenge. And um, what I encourage people to just try for 10 days, and if it works for them, then they can continue. But for 10 days straight, before they even get out of bed in the morning, they write down 10 things they're grateful for. It takes two to three minutes. It doesn't take that long at all. You can hold whatever you need to do for two to three minutes and um, just really focus on what really is important to them, what they can be grateful for, and it shifts their entire day. It shifts their ent- entire perspective on what they focus on throughout the day. Really? Now, mm-hmm. one thing that I would think of is working out. So there was this mm-hmm. meme that it was happened a couple of years ago on Facebook, and it said, if I didn't post that I worked out, did I really work out? And so I love that meme because it's kind of like you're peaking or you want to be a, a world-renowned a fitness instructor or a bodybuilder after one day. And in this mm-hmm. case, I would look at your 10 by 10 challenge as peaking. If I'm giving some gratitude that first day, do I really need to take the 10 days to make it happen? Oh, interesting. Um, I think it's consistency. I don't think I know. Consistency is the key to whatever you do. It's practice. It becomes a daily practice instead of a challenge or a, another to-do item. Um, I have a daily practice that includes my gratitude, 10, by 10, 10 gratitudes every day. And I do it before I even get out of bed in the morning, before I do my meditation, before I do anything else. And it does change your perspective. Most people wake up with, oh, my God, what do I got to do today? I've got to get the kids off to, work, uh, off to school. I've got to go to work. I don't want to get up. I don't like my boss. I don't like, 
the traffic is horrible. They start going down this whole list, litany, a list of, of things that they don't want to do. Uh, and the challenge is really about what are you going to focus on? And I'm wondering how it worked for you, Hamza and David, and did you do your 10 days? I, I'll go first. I'll, I'll let David, I, I'm chomping out the bit before when I woke up this morning because I was like, I'm going to interview Kathleen Lamberton today. So the first one was easy. <laughs> But I will say, yes, one down, one down for sure. (laughs) The one thing that I I did like about the challenge is I was always taught the other end of it, the other end meaning before you go to bed. And so Mm -hmm. there were times where I couldn't sleep at night. I'm looking at the ceiling forever. And then when I started incorporating something similar to the 10 by 10, just the 10 things I'm grateful for before I go to bed, uh, the first mm-hmm. night it was really difficult, and then I found that I couldn't even get to 10 because I had already fallen asleep. And mm-hmm. so it was like, wow, this is so good. And then when I had reached out to you and you had issued this other challenge, I was like, challenge accepted, both ends yeah. of the spectrum? Why not? <laughs> How much better can it be? You you begin your day with the things that you're so grateful for, and you end the day with things you're so grateful for. I like to, I love to talk about all the things that we forget that we're grateful for. And I'm still going to go back to both of you and see if you actually did the challenge, but I actually took um, an overnight um, long trail hike uh, this past summer because that's one of the things that was on my 101 goals to, to do before I transition on. And because I'm not much of a, uh, let's just say I'm not much of a bug and snake kind of gal. <laughs> so to spend a night on the long trail with no shower, uh, with multiple people I don't know, was really moving beyond my um, comfort zone. And I did it. And when I got home, I was like, I am so grateful I have a washer. I'm so grateful I have a shower. I'm so grateful I have hot water. I'm so grateful I don't have to carry every single item that I own on my back every single day. You, we forget how, how fortunate we really are. And to be able to focus on that before you even get out of bed, kudos to us. We need to reach out to uh, the guest we had the other day. He does Vision Quest, and you're out by yourself. So since you've done that one hurdle now you can do it for 10 Mm. days (laughs) well i'll try two nights but let's gradually work myself into it (laughs) exactly (laughs) and that's what i found for for you guys i think it worked well for me kind of just what you had highlighted in that you did that one day and you build up to it and so Initially, I think most guys do this, but I'll only speak for myself. Guys usually, typically, or I, look at the big things, right? And so mm-hmm. I've, I'll tell myself again, I've, I've had these conversations with uh, my lady friends, and they're like, what about the small things? It's the small things that matter, you know? And I'm like, no, the big, big, monstrous show of affection. They're like, no, it's the small things. So it was easy for me to do the 10 because it was like, I'm breathing. 
my mm-hmm. eyes were, my ears were, you know, just those. And then it was like, oh, wow, 10 to nothing. Okay, let's, can I add more to that? And then it was about manifestation too because it was, I, I was kind of saying tongue-in-cheek about peaking. And what I found as far as my path when I tried to, quote-unquote, peak, you know, using the tools that, that I have and that I've acquired, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't manifest or it doesn't manifest as quickly. And it's because I'm too, I have too much energy into it. But if I have mm-hmm. gratitude from the smaller, you know, the smaller things, then things will manifest on a grander scale that I could even imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And when you go to work, you know, it's a lot of people go to work and they have someone – Ultimately, there's always someone in an office or a larger office that you don't necessarily connect well with. And the first thing they think of, oh, I don't want to see that person or they're being such a cranky person today. And they just focus on the negative around that. And instead of that, when they're actually doing the gratitude list, I've had a number of people say, my attitude changed completely. When I went into this meeting, I could have, I would have gotten really flustered with the feedback that I got or the attack that I was receiving. And this time I totally shifted from that. I was like, oh, that's not for me. That's for them. I'm okay with that. I'm grateful that they're giving me feedback. It's totally completely shifted their, their, their attitude, even at work. David, how about you? Um, well, kind of everything that, you know, Hamza was saying, I also have to add that I've been part of, a, and Hamza is too, part of an intenders group where we meet every week. And the first part of the meeting is where everyone talks about what they're grateful for. And uh-huh. it can just be a few things or a whole list of things. And one of the members there uh, gave us all gra- uh, gratitude journals. So we write in that, and you can just you can do that during the week. So on a daily basis, um, I, I that's just part of my life. It's just mm. throughout the course of the day, I'm grateful for so many things. So it wasn't hard to wake up and just do ten things. It's like man, we I do this all the time, everywhere yeah. I go. I'm grateful for so many things, and I. Fine, especially when I like when I go into like the grocery store, and we have mm. so much selection. It's like wow, it just never ceases. And I'll mention that to other people. I, like I'll be looking at you know whatever on the aisle. Someone could be next to me. I go, isn't this just great? We have so much selection, and they'll say the exact same thing. Fantastic. And I'm like, yes. And I'm just so grateful to have so many things. It's just endless. It's just never a shortage of things to be grateful for, at least for me. And it brings me a good sense of well-being that when I go through the course of the day, I'm just grateful for everything. So it wasn't hard to do that. Yeah. I love that. And I think yeah. that um, both you, David, and Hamza, are unique and we're the 1%, so to speak, <laughs> that are leading the charge. So you get it. And that's why I felt really comfortable in, in challenging both of you of saying, I challenge yeah. you to do it first thing in the morning, because if you didn't do it, I knew you would appreciate it. And I yeah. assumed that you had already done it part of, of your life anyway. So it wouldn't, it would come easily to you. So yeah, I think it's just easier to, be able to speak to it directly when when the persons actually have done it. Yeah, yeah it yeah. sounds like we gave the teacher an apple today, David. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great way to set the energy for the day. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. changed my world. It really it helped me considerably when I when yeah. I really needed it the most. It helped me a lot, and so, and it is the beginning. I we have testimonials just through the two of you, but I have a friend that. Uh, served in the military and was in Iraq and active duty, let's just say several times deployed, was also a first responder here in the States and is retired now. And his brother took his life at 16 um, Mm. and never really dealt with all of the traumas. And on the outside, people in the community would think that he had his, he had it all together. He was fine. He was good. But we had several conversations over the last year and a half or so, and um, I challenged him to start with this gratitude list. And he called me just a week ago, and I could almost get emotional about this because he said, yeah, just I'm so grateful for you um, and sharing that gratitude list with me because not only did I do the gratitude, he also encouraged me to get some PTSD treatment I did the treatment, and you've changed my life. Wow. And I don't know how to be—I um, don't know how to tell you how grateful I am to you. And it's like it's not for me; it's for you. And I'm grateful that that your world has changed now. You can find that peace and love in your life, and feel some joy from within, you know. And I there's no words that can explain that kind of gratitude for me. <laughs> like I'm I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. And yeah. thanks for doing your service. Um, that, that is a huge issue for, for people that put themselves in, um, above all else for their country mm-hmm. and may not get feel like it's being reciprocated when they return. So yeah. thankful for and, you. That's you know, a gratitude for you. They're, they're also, they want to serve the country. And what happens when, when they go over there and people do get killed, it, it is against a lot of their values. It's not really, so they come back in such conflict. They really, they want to defend their country. And they also are, have done things that are so opposite from their value. There's this internal conflict that they can't resolve. And you can't resolve that with medication or drugs or alcohol or um all the other things that we like to mask our problems with in the, in the world. <laughs> um, overdoing whatever it is. It could be overeating. It could be overexercising. It's, it's the obsessive compulsive reactions. And um, instead of reacting to life, it, he's responding to life now. And I just, it's just beautiful to, to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to take a quick detour and then we can get back on track because uh, you had you had triggered me for a second and I wanted to ask you uh, you had said how much better can it be mm-hmm. and it triggered me because we we've had guests on uh, from different groups that that's one of their mantras how much better can it be so I didn't know yeah. if you had any are you a part of Access or do you know about Access. I, I don't know about access or a part of access, but um, I have a friend that once I was saying, can you believe this? I can't believe this. And she's like, just say, how much better can it be? And so we had the conversation about the 
our wording is so important. Um, I've done a, um, some training with Jack Canfield, which I just, he's a mentor of mine. I absolutely adore the man. Um, and it, it's all about our wording. It's how, it's what we put out in the world. It's who we surround ourselves with. It's what we put in our body, as you, you all know. And um, the explanation is when you say, um, I can't believe this, you're putting the negative out, like I'm not good enough for this. Can I, you know, how can that come my way? Um, so you continue to put it in, in a negative way into the universe. And instead mm-hmm. of saying that, it's how much can it be? How much better can it be? It's, it's, you're asking for the universe to say, I love this. Now give me some more, you know, like mm-hmm. I keep it going. So I'm not sure if access, that's the, the premise around access or not, but that's where I'm, I'm constantly saying, how much better can it get? <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you did say one other thing, and then we can kind of go back. You said, uh, who, does this, who does it belong to? I know they say that a lot as well, and sometimes we're, there are these uh, recordings in our head, and you think it's yours, yeah. but it may not be. And, and so when you said that, that was a trigger as well. Where, where was, yeah. was that through Jack Canfield as well, or just something you had picked up? No, who does it belong to? That actually is part of my healing. I mean, part of the healing of things that I do is I know from the – courses I've taken, I know from the, uh, the um, just from my channeling, I know that we carry things that are not ours. <laughs> it through generational, through generations, through lifetimes, through, you know, decades. And we carry things in this lifetime that's not ours, in addition to our own crap. <laughs> and so the more that we release the things that aren't ours, the more that we're able to see the light. So from within. Um, mm. So no, that's not from Jack Hansel, but okay. he's talking Thank you for that. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I, uh, I think at some point everyone comes across at least some mm. part of his work. I mean, or it's, he's like, he's the spiritual Kevin Bacon, that six degrees of separation. Right, 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 exactly. Jack Hansel is just remarkable. He teaches success principles. And when I first went to his, um, uh, uh, what is it? One day for success, to success, I think. And he described the E plus R equals O formula. So that's events occur in your life. You have a response or a reaction and the O is your outcome. How do you want to live your life? And that was my aha moment of oh my gosh, that's how I live my life. That's how I've tried to live my life since my son took his life nine years ago. And that is, and it was like that aha moment. It was like, this is it. That's what I can, I, I've got a formula that I can say what, how I live my life. And, you know, your response or your reaction to whatever occurs in the world is really how you're going to ultimately live your life. And, um, yeah, I, I just went off on a tangent for you, so. <laughs> sure. And I, I wanted to ask you about, because uh, you, you had mentioned your, your son, and one of the gratitudes that I, I thought of you a week ago, um, because it, there was so synchronistic the way things happened, it was like in slow motion. So last Sunday, uh, I, I was watching 60 Minutes, and um, oh, what is his name? Um, one of the broadcasters, he's the famous broadcaster, he has white hair, and Anderson Cooper. 
So mm. Anderson Cooper was speaking with this family. He, there was this family that was a part of a mass shooting several years ago, and I think it was Connecticut. And let's say it was 10 years ago. And what they've been doing since then is they've been going around to every location around the country where they've had these massive shootings, and mm -hmm. they've been used as instruments for healing. And so they were just going through the process of, you know, what they go through. And then Anderson Cooper had mentioned that he said, oh, yeah, because he, I believe his sibling, his brother, had taken his life. And he was like, his so did. you guys, his father did? Anderson Cooper's father, I believe, took his life. Okay, thank you. So yeah. when he said that happened, he said, yeah, I'm now a part of that group, you know, that you didn't want to be a part of, but you are. You have this commonality. And so, you know, that was a trigger for me, and I'm just sitting there in that space. And then I, it was a commercial, and so I got on my phone, like, I guess I'll just speak for myself. I won't speak for anyone else. So I got on my phone because it was a commercial. And one of my – the top Google trend was this rapper, Nipsey, Nipsey Hupsel, was shot. And then it was like, who is this guy? What happened? And then you found out he was murdered, like, three minutes – like, 30 minutes later. And just the mm -hmm. overwhelming feedback of everybody on one wavelength – uh, just highlighting the success, you know, the, everything that he meant to them. And it felt like we were all on one accord at that yeah. moment. And it just gave me such gratitude of someone that you don't even, you know, when you said that about your son, I thought about that with my sister at her funeral. There were so many people that came from all over the country. She was living in Barcelona at the time. So there were people that had come from all over the world, and she had touched them but she didn't see it, you know. Right. So it was like one right. of those gratitudes. Right. We don't know how, how much we can we touch people without even knowing. It's very, very true. Um, and my condolences to you because I know it's a, a uh, challenging road. Even when you invest in your own healing process, there are, there are the what-ifs and in, in if-onlys. Um, and knowing that you ultimately have no you have no ability to change someone's mind in their, in their life. You can try, but they, they ultimately have their, it, it's their, it's their, it's on them. Um, meaning it's their responsibility ultimately. And unfortunately when people are sick, um, whether it's mental health or drug or drug abuse or whatever it is, whatever the, the sickness inside and they're masking it with something, um, they can't see just how powerful they are in their life. One of the things that I struggled the most with, and, and my daughter, and, and their dad, actually, even, was um, how could he not know how much he was loved? <laughs> you know, like, there was so much of, like, how could you not know? And there was so much shame and blame and just so much guilt. I was a legislator for eight years. I'd worked for the governor for seven years, like, I owned businesses with my former husband. And so in my mind, I had this, this perception in my mind when he took his life was like, if I could be that successful in all of that, even, even after what I'd gone through as a child, how could I not save my, my son's life? How could he not know how much I love him? And it was a real, real struggle. And there was a, a time that I felt so shattered I was laying on his grave and I just wanted to die as well. And I just 
And it was then that I decided that like, that was when I had the divine message of you have the voice, you have the power, you have the connections, do something about this. And so I've been committed since. So my response instead of reaction is I didn't die with him. I kept him alive in a very significant, amazing way. And um, I'm grateful for him. Yeah, sorry for your loss as well. Um, one thing that, that kind of gave me solace, and this was you know, kind of my upbringing, and I'll let David chime in, because uh, we had similar... Um, he, well, I'll let David talk his part. But anyway, um, what gave me solace was the fact that uh, we've lit that book, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. And oh, yeah. so with uh, Brian, Dr. Brian Weiss. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if we have the premise that we may have been here before, then we've prob- we've done everything, pretty much everything under the sun. We've been different genders. We've been in different mm-hmm. marriages. We've been in different orientations. And we have may have done that act in the past mm-hmm. also. So that kind of yeah. took away a lot of um, that personal pain. And just mm-hmm. it gave me more of a grounding. And so it was... That's that's still like I think one thing that I found um, before going to bed, or like you were saying before you get um, before you get out of bed, is there may be ten to start, and it may be like that three or four that are just um, a part of all like every day. Like that's your standard. Right. Like I'm just thankful for right. you know. And so I wanted to ask you about because uh, when we talk about gratitude, most people think of oh yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that I had a windfall. Um, what, what is your take on gratitudes from contrast where there's someone, it's a, like you're saying that E-R equals O, where it just seems at the time, uh, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to get to transform that to make it a gratitude? Um, I think it's huge. And today I have a very different perspective than I did nine years ago through the growth that I have had in helping other people as well. I, today, when someone triggers my reaction versus my response, I, I actually use it as a mirror. And I do say, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Because there's still something left inside me. I can either determine if that is just a, a person that I wish them well and I wish them love, they just don't need to be in my life. Or I can determine that there's something about this that is triggering me that I need to work on inside for me to resolve uh, whatever that might be. So I am grateful for you for challenging me today (laughs) because I get to look at myself and become a better person. Like I get to be a better person in this world because they have pushed me a little. What's your take on the other side of that of, uh, we all talk about soulmates and this person, they complete me and things like that. And uh, just one, an old Esther uh, Abraham uh, mm. lecture, they were talking about the person that really gets under your skin, that's your, that's your spirit uh, equal <laughs> because they're the ones that no one else will bring that out of you. And then when you transcend, transcend and you both transcend, you both give each other high fives. But on earthly plane, you, you want to pull each other's yeah. hair out. <laughs> Uh, that, I would think they call those the twin flames. Um, and people think that, oh, if they're my twin flame, then it's all blissful and it's beautiful and it's great. And um, 
I don't think that's the case, whether it's twin flames or um, your soul, soulmate or whatever people want to call. They're, multi, they're different types, I believe, but um, I also believe that people are in our world for a reason. And if, in fact, you transcend and transform together, then it can be an amazing partnership that, that as you're transcending, you're, you're willing to grow and, and, and just, I can see it like a flower blooming, you know, like I can just see like there's, or a butterfly, you know, like you're figuring out your partnership and there's some rough times. And then all of a sudden it just clicks. And then you're like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. And it doesn't mean that it's um, perfect always. However, when you are meant to be with someone because they are meant to challenge you, you're meant to challenge them, and only one decides to go in the direction of growth and the other one stays in the comfort zone of what they know, it's time to make choices to wish someone well and move on. <laughs> I've had a few of those myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't always end it well, but my last one, I ended it exactly the way it should have been. It's like, I really wish you well. I send you off with love and it's just time for me to move in a different direction. It's just not working for me any longer because we grew in a different, different direction and it's okay. It's part of our life. So, is there, I'm sorry, I'm taking over. I know David wants to tell you, Tom, about the bit there. Go ahead, David. <laughs> no, it's really good. I, I was just going to ask Kathleen, when, when did you realize that you were, you know, psychic and had, uh, you know, healing abilities and wanted to start using them? Was it something, was it like growing up, did you always know that you were psychic and had abilities or? Was it something that kind of maybe started after the passing of your son? Is what kind of thrusted you in that direction? Or so throughout most of my life, I I didn't realize it, David, um, until after my son um, transitioned, and maybe just before he transitioned, there was some. I was I was interested always in mediums and tarot cards and. Uh, when I was a very young girl, my father, my birth father, shot at us as a child. You know, he's an abusive alcoholic. Um, he literally shot at us through a bathroom door. Um, and that was just one of many events that occurred in our lifetime. So it was not a fun environment to live in as a, as a very young child. And I remember at one point just thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. As a three and four year old girl, you know, I remember thinking there's more to life than this. Like I know there is, there was a knowing. Um, and I also, for whatever reason I knew, and I believe today that my angels protected me, like pulled me back. But for, for whatever reason, I chose to, to retreat from the dysfunction and, while I wasn't physically being abused on the most part, I emotionally took that in, which shaped a lot of my life and choices for, for several years from that point. Um, and, you know, ultimately, ultimately my, my mom um, did leave my birth father and married a, a wonderful man who, who adopted me when I was in ninth grade. So 
Um, I've had some fortunate there. I went off again, but to, to set the stage is like throughout most of my life, there was a knowing, like I just knew. And my friends tell me today that they've come to me for years because I just had a knowing and there was a, an ability to have that conversation and things that came easily to me, I just thought everybody had no. and it's not the case at all. You know, like it, it, it just, I will just get something and I'll just blurt it out. And for years I just would blurt it out because that's what I thought everyone did. And it, it, it was not the case. And so over the last nine years is when I really started to, to develop my, my comfort zone in that and my belief in the fact that I actually did have the ability to see, feel, and hear. And, you know, after my son transitioned, there were several, several, several messages from him that um, I continue to get today. Uh, in my, and he would do it with my friends. So I wouldn't be alone. So I would start to realize that I did have that ability. Um, yeah. And so the last two years is really when I've um, jumped completely in, David, because I also um, transitioned out of um, a, a marriage. I completed a marriage that that um, didn't understand the metaphysical world and didn't agree with it. And I just knew when my son transitioned, I knew that every day of my life was going to matter from that point forward, that you never know what is going to be occur in your life. You never know what's going to be taken from you at any moment of your life. And I swore from that point forward, I would never take anything for granted again. Well, well said. Absolutely. The other thing I was thinking about, a a takeaway in our last podcast, we were talking about Margaret Mead, and Margaret is is known for saying that you have three marriages in your life. It could be with three different people, or it can be three different phases with one person. So what's what's your take on that? Well, I've hit my three. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope there's more than that. (laughs) <laughs> right. See, like three is the basics, guys. <laughs> um, I was. Uh, my take is that you will continue to repeat the pattern until you change your pattern. Um, yeah. And my response to that is more so a learned behavior of not not honoring yourself, not honoring your intuition, will continue to occur in your life until you do. And so you're going to get hit over the head at some point. <laughs> and unless you start to take those, those gentle nudges, you're eventually going to get pushed and then you get hit and then you're going to fall off the cliff <laughs> because eventually you're going to have to learn. And it may be in this lifetime and it may be in another lifetime. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I hope she's wrong with the three, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask you because when I talk, when I talk or speak with other, uh, let's say, fellow people walking on this path, right? We we have other tools, or let's say we have extra tools, and so maybe we're look we we don't let things um, ha- or happen naturally, if you will. 
whereas we're already seeing things probably before they come to fruition. And so is that is that a blessing or a curse? Because uh, you said you said nine years ago that's when you really turned on. But if you can kind of look back at your other relationships, where you could probably see those patterns um, as they were developing. Yeah, I think all the way through. I think my life lesson has been to really listen to my intuition and stop stop pushing it away and stop. Mm-hmm. Um, stop not believing myself, mm. you know, like the inner knowledge that I, <laughs> I could tell you story after story after story of like, Oh no, 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 it's okay. You know, I can, I can handle that. That's all right. That's really not what's going to happen. And sure enough, it happens and it's twice as bad because I just ignored my, <laughs> my intuition and just like, I didn't listen. And I think the key for all of us is, to listen to ourselves. People don't need me to tell them what's occurring in their life if they actually listen to themselves. If they actually, and I think that would be my, that is my job. Is like what I do in my healing world is like I get to be the light that shines onto them to where they can find their own internal light. You know, I get to, I get to be the funnel so where I get to shine and remove some of those limiting beliefs and some of those blocks, so where they can start to see their own light inside. And so the, the more light that's turned on inside, the more space is created so there, there can be more light. And then as the light shines in, in those little crevices and behind that, that wall, there's, there's still things to work on, but they're less harsh and they're less frequent and you, you see it much quicker. So you can work on it, release it, and move through it. Um, and I get to do that now because of my life experiences where I can trust that that's what's happening. Um, yeah. Going, going back to your 10 by 10 challenge, uh, some, like you, you had the example of someone, as soon as they get out of bed, they're thinking of all the things, outwardly things that they need to do, and they're, it's just so noisy that they can't really, that quiet noise, like I found for me personally, the, the intuition is very silent. It's very quiet. It's very mm-hmm. subtle. And so mm-hmm. you, were you able to find through, throughout life up to this point that the more you let in that subtlety or the more you let in that quiet space, that loud noise or sometimes that monkey mind slowly went away? Yes. Yes, that is the case. You know, I, I have a daily practice, and that's what I teach in my coaching is, is some of the daily practices. And, and for me, my daily practice is my gratitude list, and I write my affirmations. I do my visualization. I do a meditation, and then I work out. And sometimes I don't work out every day because I think your body needs that rest. Um, but I do go for a walk on a path or just being in nature. So I teach people how to take care of themselves in a healthy way that really doesn't cost them anything on a day-to-day basis if they really want to invest in themselves. Mm. And it's about stepping into the fear. We become, um, we become programmed into what we know. They, people, more than 90% of the people in the world are living in anger and blame and shame and hate and, and sadness Look how many people are on drugs now. Um, prescribed drugs, say nothing about the uh, illegal drugs, 
we have more than um, 800,000 people worldwide taking their lives on an annual basis. And 25 attempts to every suicide. So that's more than 20 million attempts throughout a year worldwide of people wanting to take their lives. We are living in extreme sadness only because we're programmed for that. We don't see any way out. And it's fearful to be uncomfortable. Um, Jack Campbell says this, and I say it now, it's, Becoming comfortable in the uncomfortable is how you're going to grow. And just dip your toe into a change and become familiar with that over 60 days or 90 days. And then dip it in a little further. It's just taking those little steps. You don't have to do it all at once. But as you, as you take those steps, you become stronger. You become more, more in tune with your body. You become more enlightened personally. You become more like oh, maybe I won't react to that today. Maybe I'll just sit on that for a moment. Whether it's a day or five minutes, you become comfortable with saying, thank you for that invite, but I think I'm going to think about it for for a bit and I'll let you know tomorrow. You don't have to say yes or no right off. And we've been programmed to think that we have to respond quickly. Technology is wonderful, but it's also a demise, I believe, because Kids today believe that instant response is, is absolutely the way to go. It's, it's the only way. That, that if you don't get a response instantly, someone's mad at you. There's no communication. There's no one-on-one communication. It's all through text. I mean, even a phone call is not even liked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is in your favor. So you've gone past the three Right, and so one argument for <laughs> no, Kathleen, I'm trying to be serious here. I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> this is a no, serious dude, podcast. You're ruining it. <laughs> I can laugh at myself. You know, one mistake is okay. You can go over it. Two is well, my bad. Three is like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? It's time to really change your pattern here. <laughs> oh, not at all. I'm thinking, hey, shout out to Elizabeth yeah. Taylor and people like her, man. Yeah. Please just get yeah. started. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would like to think that I would choose differently today than what I have in the past. Not because these people were bad people, just because they weren't right for me. And right. I don't take any of those people. I, I think every event in my life has made me the person I am today. And I can say I like who I am today. So I don't regret mm-hmm. any of them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I wanted to ask you about the, this is a technology question for you. So you were saying like the, the difference between the youth, they need um, immediate feedback. And so there is some conversation or a school of thought that um, once upon a time, if you will, a per, you both went to work and then you didn't talk to each other until you got home from work. So you were able to miss the person versus on technology, you talk to that person five or six times a day, you're not giving that person enough time to miss you and you miss them, and you're constantly on top of each other. So you that relationship that used to take 60 years is over in 10 because you're like, did I say that joke already? <laughs> yeah, you did already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of you. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that meme before. Goodbye. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, when we thought marriage was the end all, and it's not that way anymore. <laughs> no, that's funny. That is hilarious. You, now you sound like a guy a little bit because guys are like, well, you know, I lived half my life. Now I might as well get married. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm in the middle age range, and um, I'd like to think that there's more life left to me, so. Uh, I just think that the life has changed a lot, even in the last 10 years, say nothing about the last 50 years. And mm-hmm. I think growing with, with the times and just, I just think it's about listening to yourself. You know, you know, you know, in your gut, close your eyes. And when someone asks you out, what does your gut say? You'll feel it in your heart. You'll feel it in your stomach. You'll feel it in your head. You'll feel it somewhere in your body, Mm. whether you want to do that or you don't. And are you going to have the courage to say yes or no? What is your courage? Where are you going to stand up for you? Are you going to do something that you really don't want to do because you don't want to hurt someone else? And ultimately you end up hurting more people. So I want to play that game. I want to stay in this vein for a little bit. <laughs> so if let's say I, because uh, I I've seen it, I can't even make the generalization because I've seen it on, with both sexes, right? So if mm-hmm. I I I let's say I was married, I married young, and then I'm still let's say I don't know forty, right? But like you mm-hmm. said, we live longer, and so some of those people just kind of write off life; they they don't date anymore. So if they, you said, what's your first thought? It may be that monkey mind that my last relationship didn't work, and I'm trying to find gratitude in that, but I don't want to bring that to this new relationship. How would they approach it? Well, the first thing I would approach is I have, <laughs> uh, let me confess here, I haven't dated in almost two years, so <laughs> I'll be the first one to confess that I might be holding back a bit here. <laughs> But what I would actually, what I would say, it's not that I'm holding back, is that I'm getting to know who I am and what's really important mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, so I would here, here. really, really encourage, and I think that I'm there now. I'm not like, it's, this is not a dating website. Don't, that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to say. It's just, <laughs> I finally know who I am and what's going to work for me, and I feel strong enough so where if I go on a date, and it doesn't seem to work for me, the first day I can say, you know, I really enjoyed tonight, but I don't think that this is going to work for me. I wish you well. Mm-hmm. And walk away. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long-term the first time you go out with him. Or you can decide, mm-hmm. well, there's a little bit about him that I like. Let's see if another date would work. Yeah. You know, I think we're too, too quick to jump in because that's what society says that we should be doing. Just like society says we shouldn't get divorced three times, you know, like I get it that, that I might be unique in many ways, but I feel for the first time that I know who I am and it's okay to wait. It's okay to not date initially, but don't give up on it. If you, we are, we are creatures that, that strive and desire companionship. It just, that's what we are. And so for those who give up, they're giving up their life at 40 years old or 50 years old or whatever, whatever age they choose to give. They're giving up some fun and joy and peace and just like being able to walk on water 
you know, that's how I feel right now. Like in my life, I feel like I am finally at a place where I can, I'm living my life of, of my dream. Now, there are additional things that are on my affirmations and visualizations that I want in my life, but I don't need them to be happy today in this moment mm-hmm. because I know they're coming. Absolutely. Okay, okay, Kathleen, let me ask you. You have a number of different modalities that you worked and trained with, and it sounds like you probably, I'm sure you enjoy all of them. Do you have a, a particular one that, that you favor or you're really a favorite of? There's two that I really love. One is called Regenerating Images Through Memory. It is um, a client-driven um, healing modality that actually goes into your, it's a little bit of a mix between the Akashic Records reading, past life regression to today and then future driven. So it, it heals the client. It's client driven. So the client actually participates in this deep dive into your body to remove old beliefs and reshape new beliefs and create a new future for themselves. Um, so I become the facilitator in that. So they're, they're actively engaged in that. So I love that. I, and that's, what I did in Colorado about a month ago, um, my second stent on that. And um, I absolutely love when I get to feel the energy flow through my body and, and the client that's either sitting in front of me or in, in another country um, is, is feeling that, that shift in their body and I'm sharing with them what I either feel, see, or hear, I get to share that with them. And, and the amazement in their voice, the shift in their body, um, the excitement that they have because they've been able to release something through an energetic exchange, it's just tremendous to me. I just, to know that I get to help other people feel better. And that's, I just I I want to help people feel better. I want them to know that they can transform their own lives. I can assist them in doing that. I can assist them in doing that through through you know keynote speaking or through um, coaching or through you know, webinars. Whatever I do, I get to I get to help shift them. And uh, my book is coming out in September. I'm really excited about that. Um, it's called Shattered Together. So it's a memoir of what my life has been like when I was shattered when my son took his life. Um, And, you know, he was a significant part of putting me together as one with the universe, so including him. I feel like he's really my partner in this process. Absolutely. We, or the um, 10 by 10 we, challenge. <laughs> you know, whatever, course. I don't even have to be a part of it. <laughs> of course, of course. I, I wanted to ask you about when you were talking about uh, the different readings that you were doing. It made me think of when I first started, and you know, we did what was called line readings, and that would be a reading with three or more people towards one person. And one thing that was really interesting was uh, it didn't matter what day of the week that we read uh, the people that came in, but it felt that it felt like there was some aspect of 
what we were going through as a line. And I wanted to know if you were able to see that in, in some of your interactions with your clients that there may have been something where you both are learning. You're, you're, you're obviously giving a gift to them, but they're also giving a gift to you unbeknownst to them. Oh, absolutely. I, um, the, like one of the first readings that I was like a test, I did this in a, in a class, a course that I took. And one of the first readings was my body internally started to burn up. And I was like, you know, was there a fire? Was it, it doesn't feel like a fire. It feels like what, you know, did they go through cancer treatment? And they're like, oh my gosh, they went through cancer. They had cancer and they went through cancer treatment. So what they taught me is that within my body, I have certain mechanisms. Everybody reads a little differently. And for me, if my body is heating up internally, it is a, a sign that they've been through treatment that has, you know, literally <laughs> burned up some of their, you know, like created heat within the body. Yeah. Um, so the, if that's what you're talking about, then. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And they're teaching me, they continue to teach me, every client that I have. I, I, there's an inter, interaction, so where this is what I'm sensing, this is what I'm feeling. Um, can you share with me whether you feel that's right or not? So, yeah. yeah that's awesome. I, they're a great teacher for me. And each one of them, you know, my greatest teacher thus far has been a dog. <laughs> really? Because, <laughs> yeah. The dog is what me what actually um, uh, made me comfortable enough to say that I'm a healer. <laughs> and do we have time to talk about this? Is this something I can absolutely share with you? go for and, it? Oh, I think go it's so it. cool, so cool. So, I had a friend out in California who adopted a dog that was a rescue dog, and the dog um, had a habit of nipping at people. So the the dog had already nipped at everybody in the family and was just a, a biter and they were trying to do their best to keep him from biting, but he kept biting and he ultimately bit their housekeeper so badly on the face that he had to go get stitches. And she's crying to me because her husband is now at the place that we can't, we can't let this happen. He's going to have to go back. And she's like, he can't go back. And there's all this turmoil going on. And I said, well, if you want, then, you know, I'd be happy to do some, to try to do some healing with him and, you know, no guarantees, but I can try to work with him. So I tune into him that night and she says, absolutely, whatever you can. So I tune into him and I tune into the fact that he was a homeless dog, that his heart was literally black. His nervous system was all plugged. Um, I was able to clear his heart. So, where you know, it was beating red and it, he had a, his nervous system was cleared and it, it, took more than one time for me to do that. Mm. And I shared that with her and she's like, Oh my gosh, he's like a different dog. Like he just laid right down and he was fine. And so she went back to the rescue shelter and said, do you know much about the dog? And, and um, anyways, everything that I shared with her was confirmed was that that was true. And the dog hasn't been anybody since. So, um, nice. Yeah, so a dog gave me the confidence to be able to say that I'm a healer because the dog's not telling me anything. <laughs> I just know that he's not biting anybody, so now I know that I get to that I get to be, and I say I I'm a healer. It's really I get to be the channel, so I can help heal. 
others. That was my next question because I didn't know if you gave the dog the 10 by 10 challenge or not. (laughs) (laughs) We did our own little challenge together, a little energetic exchange. (laughs) Be grateful that that you get to stay with this family. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Well, one of my ten, I have a future ten by ten, and and one of them is that you'll reach it back out to us for that shatter together when that comes out. Oh, and definitely. Before that comes out, if you can let everybody know how they can get in touch with you for your readings or your coaching and all the other modalities you have to offer. Great. So my website is a perfect location. Um, I am in the middle of upgrading and launching a new website. So most of it is up and ready to go. And it's KathleenL.com and it's with a C. So it's C-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-L.com. And there you'll see all of the uh, social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. You can get a hold of me in any of those ways. Uh, And my phone number is on there. And all of my services, and I'm launching some new services, some new webinars, a new um, program called Becoming Your Own Gladiator, um, and putting your sword and your shield down, and it's not us against them any longer, it is us working internally, so we become one. Fantastic. Well, you you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. I don't know where the hour has gone. I don't know if I should be grateful or not. It should be a lot longer, but it was a pleasure speaking with you, Kathleen. <laughs> it was a pleasure to speak with both of you. Thank you so much, and I look forward to, to talking with you and your, your audience again. Yes. Thanks so much. Thanks for- Cheers. Cheers. All righty. Bye now.